We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is March 10th, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what is going on? Magic win, magic win, magic win. Get your pizza if you're yes. in Florida. If you're me, you can't get your pizza. Ooh, I had but, pizza today, actually. Oh, I did, too. I did, too. Mm-hmm. I had some, like, pineapple like on frozen. pizza, yes or no? Yeah. Yep. People are not going to like that, but. No, they aren't. But, but yeah, right. magic win, guys. Get your, get your, use your discount code, magic win. Get yourself some pizza. I I mean, you know, tankers might be cringing a little bit, but the Rockets won tonight. We're good to go. We're we're locked and loaded. We're good to go. The t- the tank is still rolling. Pistons lost to the Bulls tonight. I was hoping that they had pulled out the W because mm-hmm. it looked like the Magic were gonna kind of like coast to a win uh, mm-hmm. tonight against the the Pelicans in New Orleans. That wasn't totally the case, unfortunately. Um, but we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But it would have been that much sweeter had the Pistons. You know, uh, you know, pulled out the the W, so the Magic really wouldn't have had anything to worry about tonight. But you know, it, it's just a game, still a couple games back of the Detroit Pistons, or at least a game back, I think, um, in in the standings with the with the win tonight. So we're going to talk about, uh, obviously, we'll talk about the Suns' uh, loss. Um, what was that Tuesday night? We'll talk about yeah. game and uh, a half the win over the Pistons. By the way, what's that? Game and a half behind the Pistons. By the way, game and a half behind the Pistons. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But yes, that yeah. was. Uh... Yeah, Suns game. Yeah, we'll talk about the Suns game. We'll talk about the win over the Pelicans from Wednesday night. And then we're going to talk about Wendell Carter Jr. Because the dude has just gone up a level. Before we do that, we do have a couple of housekeeping items here. So first of all, Patreon.com. If you're watching on YouTube right now, you're probably just amazed at at how just good-looking Luke and myself are. Especially me. Well, besides the pimple on the top of my forehead. But yeah, I continue, guys. Yeah, in my receding hairline, no, mm. no big deal. You can't see how big my ears are because I'm wearing headphones, but but they stick Beauty. out. They've been I, I've been called Dumbo a time or two. Oh. However, if you were wondering how you could help financially support the Six Man Show, 
wonder no more. Patreon.com slash the six man show. We have three great tiers that you can uh, subscribe to to help support the show. And it goes a long way. Uh, we shout out every single one of our patrons on each episode. And that's what we're going to do right now. Shout out Court Cousins. Uh, Luke, I don't know if you've seen the new Court Cousins studio, but it looks great. Kyle and Peace, you guys do a great job. Shout out to Drew Gooden, Armin, Keith Garcia, Zico, Carson Tulo, Nathan Lynn, Ellis, Jonathan Borges, Norm L., Magic Player History, Julio, Bailey, Matt Lyman, Eric Segovia, Gabe Gaines. Thank you guys for your support. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate that so much. You guys are awesome. Okay, Luke. First up, Tuesday night, Magic had a couple of days off, and they took on the Phoenix Suns at home in Orlando. First of all, I just want to say, Kevin, producer Kevin alluded to this in our group chat, uh, the, you know, kind of before the game that day, and said, whose idea was it to have the Magic wear their orange city jerseys at home against the Phoenix Suns? Mm. That is one of the worst ideas in the history of the world. And if, like, 2014 me would have turned on that game, I would have looked at like the ticker, the score at the bottom, and said, "Why are the, the why are why are the Suns playing the Suns?" Because like the the logos, both orange, mm-hmm. really could have uh, really could have thrown you off. But Jalen missed his second straight game uh, with um, with the sprained right ankle. We saw him in the boot the other night, and then uh, Wendell Carter uh, returned to the to the lineup after missing a couple of games with the non COVID. Uh, related illness the Suns on the other hand were without Chris Paul and without Devin Booker so Luke if there was any night that you were going to take it to the Phoenix Suns and try to scratch out a win this was going to be the one now the Magic start the game really not on a hard not on a hot start uh the first couple of minutes the Suns go on a 14 to 2 run Mm -hmm. uh, take a 12 point lead before the Magic actually come back and tie it up with five minutes to go in the first quarter. By the end of the first quarter, you're only down six. So pretty rough start. You're able to come back. You're able to battle back. Um, Second quarter uh, goes a little bit better for the Magic. They go down uh, 10 into the half. And then the third quarter, Luke, is where things really started to get pretty hairy for the Magic. Uh, Magic go down by as much as 15 in that third quarter uh, before they're able to go on a little bit of a run, down eight, heading into the fourth quarter. And that's really where the story of this game starts for the Magic. So you go down big early. You go down big in the third quarter. You kind of you know claw back into the game. And then the, the game throughout the fourth quarter, Luke, was really, really relatively close. Um, you know, Magic do go down by eight, but come all the way back uh, to tie the game with three minutes and 25 seconds left on a Cole Anthony running layup. And then down the stretch here, Luke, the Magic goes six possessions in a row at the end of the game without Franz Wagner touching the ball at all. And the Magic just ran out of time in this one. Uh, you play the free throw game down the stretch, just you know not able to make enough plays. And then Franz Wagner actually gets a good look. You're down three with 6.9 seconds left. And Bridges just makes a crazy block on Franz Wagner to end the game. So credit to the Magic for fighting. Again, coming back twice in this game to make it a game towards the end. Um, but yeah, just really perplexing to me that the Magic didn't go to Franz Wagner more down the stretch. Only six points, three of eight from the floor for the night for Franz Wagner. And then, I mean, he finally gets the ball in his hands with you know a 6.9, I think it was four seconds left. He actually gets the ball 
Mm-hmm. And uh, Mikael Bridges kind of whiffs at the ball, you know, the on his first effort, and then the second effort gets up and is able to block the three-point attempt by Franz. Uh, I think it was campaign that ended up with the ball, runs it down the other end, and, and the game's over. But, Luke, a frustrating loss where you've got, you know, the two stars for the Phoenix Suns out. You're down big twice in this game. You come back both times. You've got a chance to win it at the end and just not able to, to make it happen. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and you you look at Phoenix too is like obviously without CP and without uh without Booker, you like you said, this is about as good of a chance as maybe you're going to get to beat the Suns and at their, you know, with, with their ridiculous record that they've got right now, like 52 and 13 or something like that. But the Suns run their their starters just into the ground. Like there was no semblance of like a team that was, you know, trying to take the night off. They didn't play particularly well. They shoot 38% from the field. The Magic shoot 30. Uh, they both shoot 38. The Phoenix Suns shoot 38.5. Um, difference maker, the Magic were n- not hitting threes as we've seen so many times this year. 7 of 39 from three, 17% to the Phoenix's 13 of 36. Um, you shoot about the same amount of free throws, converted up almost the same rate, like a 6-5% difference. There wasn't too much that separated this this game Jonathan and as I said Phoenix played their starters more than the Magic played their starters 32 minutes for Jay uh, Jay Crowder Bridges 38 8 and 36 Payne 35 Sham at 39 everybody else on the bench basically paid played 20 or less minutes so 
this is a game that that you that you need to win. Aiton goes off. I mean, Aiton twenty one and nineteen just dominates the paint in every aspect. Um, it it was hard to to see that happen because like like I said, the Phoenix Suns did not play well. The Magic. These are the games the Magic need to win. We talk about this all the time. The the young inexperienced team needs to pull out these wins. It just so often turns out to be that the Magic just can't score down the stretch whatsoever. It's a constant problem that they've had, even when their defense keeps them in it, in games, even though their defense is not great. You know, it's better than it was, and it has been better in the new year. But it doesn't matter if you're not, you know, if you're not able to convert down the stretch. Cole Anthony does hit some big shots in that fourth quarter, and then you get down the stretch there in the fourth, and it's just the, the Magic don't have a field goal in the final two minutes of the game. Solid again tonight uh, against the Pelicans, where the Magic, yes, won the game by six, but absolutely could have lost the game too. Yeah, and I think to me, you know, that was part of the frustration, uh, you know, with Franz, you know, just like I said, he had a he had a possession um, kind of late in the game uh, where he got the ball and, uh, it was. It seemed like him and Wendell weren't really on the same page. It seemed like Wendell was trying to set a screen, and um, Franz was trying to go around him, and, and, and Wendell was literally in Franz's way. Franz had to give the ball up, and then Franz mm-hmm. doesn't touch the ball again for the final six possessions of this game until he gets the ball at the very end, and you know Mikael Bridges makes a great play. Now, you know, does Franz, you know, make that shot? Yes or no? Who really knows? Um, but yeah. He just doesn't get a, a chance to to make the shot there because Bridges makes a great play. He and to your point, well. uh, yeah, he recovered really, really well. And, and to your point, um, you know, in terms of you know clutch shooting, um, going down the line here, uh, Jalen Suggs uh, this season is shooting fifty seven point one percent in the clutch. So that's the last five minutes of a game uh, where the point differential is five points or less. Mo Bamba shooting forty five percent, Cole Anthony forty four percent. Franz, 41%. Wendell, funny enough, is at 13.3%, um, but just not even you know an, an attempt per game. A lot of these guys are uh, sitting below an attempt. Cole Anthony and Franz Wagner leading um, the team with uh, Cole 2.2 and Franz 1.3. Now, uh, the Magic haven't played uh, you know many clutch minutes this year, um, you know more so as of late, but plenty of blowouts in this season where the Magic have been really on the receiving end of that more so. Um, but the thing is, the Magic, a lot of times in the clutch, have a tendency to you know turn the ball over or just not get a good shot at all. And you, you definitely cannot have that in the last few minutes of a game. Um, but yeah, it's it just really perplexing. You know, Franz yeah. Wagner, who, and I tweeted this out, and not to, to bring this up, I think I brought it up a couple of times on the podcast now, but... Um, I think I tweeted this out in the the beginning of, of January or sometime in December where Franz, you know, all those guys were out. Jalen was out. Cole was out you know, with the, you know, the, the sprained ankle and everything like that. And we saw Franz just go on that incredible December run, one, you know, um, Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month in the month of December. And I posed the question. I was like, we're not going to see Franz kind of relegated back to a, you know, third option when guys start to come back. And people were telling me, no, there's no way that that's going to happen. And that's exactly what's what's happened. Since the beginning of the year, he is fourth in field goal attempts per game. Uh, Cole is number one. And then Jalen's actually number two. Then Wendell. And then Franz. And that is like completely backwards. I might have it backwards. It might be Wendell second and Jalen third. But the point stands. 
Braun should be number one or number two on this team in field goal attempts per game. Yeah. I don't know if it's just that, you know, the rest of the guys on the team don't understand that or if he's just not ready to be, you know, aggressive enough. But when push comes to shove, I, you know, we used to complain about Evan Fournier and, and Nikola Vucevic in the high pick and roll towards the end of games. I would kill to get that right now out of Franz Wagner and Wendell Carter towards yeah. the end of games. Put those guys in, in high pick and roll. Um, you know, let Franz either make a play for himself or, or a play for Wendell. We're extremely confident in both of their abilities to finish around the rim. So, Jamal, let's let's see some more of that down the stretch, I, some I, more Franz, Wendell, yeah. high pick and roll. And I, I think that that factors obviously a lot into the reason for the the clutch games you know the the that the magic and i wanted to get into that too um just here briefly uh philip rossman reich of uh, orlando magic daily did an article just kind of recapping the the loss of the suns um and went on to say that the magic and close games is what's qualified as uh kind of like clutch situation type things but says that they are 8 and 17 in close games, not only playing the fewest close games in the league, uh, but also the only team with fewer than 10 clutch wins this season. Uh, but perhaps even odder, uh, Philip goes on to say, the Magic have a positive net rating on clutch situations at 0. 0.6 points per 100 possessions. That would suggest the team should be closer to 500 uh, in close games putting them at 13 and 12 as opposed to 8 and 17. Um, Orlando might have five more wins this season based on the stats. So it's kind of saying like a lot of these could go either way, but I do think that a lot of a lot of your game plan going down the stretch does have a lot to do with the coach and kind of who's getting involved, who the coach is drawing up to get involved. And I think, like you said, at some point, you just have to realize what you've got. Franz Wagner is one of the best players on this team already. That's no secret. Um, he's, you know, steady for the most part as can be in terms of consistency, uh, right up there with like Wendell in terms of that Kate and, you know, as far as that goes, but Mosley needs to get the guys involved who should be involved. Right. And we'll get into the lineup situation stuff, like going down the stretch and, uh, you know, in regards to the game, t- you know, against the Pelicans, but which was, I think a little bit of an, an anomaly, y- like, he he that's not his best lineup that he's throwing out there. We'll talk more about the Pelicans game, but right. I think yeah. that's I think it's safe to say that's going to be like an isolated incident for the most part. Well, yes, but but I'm saying like as far as just lineups in the fourth quarter in general, we know that he's going to be experimenting, but as far as game plan, there shouldn't be any like guessing on who should get at least a touch. I mean, if you're seeing Franz is not even really getting many touches, he's not being aggressive with it. You got to have either a veteran that pulls him aside and's like, "Hey, like you, you need to really be the aggressor here," or Mosley doing that, or one of the coaches, um, to really get him involved because I think he is a guy that might need to be told to do things right now, at least this early in his career, and eventually he'll get to the point where he can just go into autopilot and take over himself. But I think that he might need a little nudge, and I, I, I don't think that he's getting it. So I, I'd like to see that, like you said, to your point. And I think it does factor into kind of how the magic fair and close games because they just simply can't score down the stretch and it is a problem and it was a problem tonight so let's talk about tonight so after the loss uh to the suns at home magic with a quick turnaround you get on the plane last night you fly to new orleans which look there almost wasn't a game in new orleans today they had a a Mm -hmm. bird flew into a transformer outside of the arena the smoothie king center and uh, they didn't have power for like most of the day the, whether or not this game was going to be played tonight was like legitimately in question for a bit. 
um, but they were able to play uh, able to play the game nonetheless. And uh, the Magic actually get off to a great start in this one. You start the game down zero to three, but they go on a quick ten to nothing run to take a ten to three lead um, over the Pelicans. So you have a, a good first quarter. The Magic take the lead uh, going into the half. I believe the Magic had a fifteen point lead um, at one point in this game. And look. I'm 16 point lead, excuse me, early yeah. in the third quarter. Luke, what I wanted to bring up about uh, really the last two games, especially um, when we talk about, you know, the, the lack of, you know, clutch minutes this year and, and things of that nature for the better part of this season, the third quarters were a real problem for the magic where, you know, either they'd be relatively competitive, you know, going into, you know, the half and then coming out and just laying an egg in the third quarter and then not mm-hmm. able to make up the, the difference in the fourth or, you know, you're kind of getting blown out at halftime, and then by the start of the fourth quarter, the game is just completely over. Um, mm-hmm. You know, lately, that's not been the case. The Magic have been much better in the third quarter, and they were, you know, they, it was pretty rough uh, start uh, to this third quarter as um, they go on, a, the Pelicans go on a big run. Uh, you know, again, the Magic are up 16 early in the third. With two minutes and 48 seconds left, C.J. McCollum hits a three to tie the game at 73 all. And then over the next you know minute and a half, the Magic go on an eight to nothing run, and they take an eighty-one to seventy-three eight-point lead into the fourth quarter. So same thing, you know, the Magic were down big in the third quarter against the Phoenix Suns, were able to chip and claw and fight their way back into that game and have a chance to win it or push the game into overtime at the end. And the Magic, you know, could have fallen apart very easily in that third quarter, being a young team, having a guy like C.J. McCollum who has single-handedly carried teams to wins again and again and again throughout his career. And here he is going crazy in the third quarter, but the Magic are able to buckle down. It's a tie game, extend the lead out to, you know, eight going into the fourth quarter. And then, you know, a couple of seconds into the fourth, now you're up 10 again. Now, Mosley rolled the dice tonight, okay? He went with a lineup of Gary Harris, Chuma Okiki, um, Mo Wagner, Terrence Ross, and R.J. Hampton, uh, really for almost the entire fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Now those guys are, you know, able to to extend the lead. Actually, Luke, I believe they were up 14 at one point. Yeah, 98 to 84, five minutes to go in this game. And around, I, I'd say like the six minute mark when uh, the Pelicans made it an eight point game. I'm like, all right. It's time to bring the starters back in. Like this has been great; these guys have been playing really well. But let's bring the starters, or sometimes as I like to refer to them as the closers, uh, you know, bring them in and close the game out. Mm-hmm. Don't play around with this, you know, Pelicans team. If McCollum gets going, you know he's going to be able to make up, you know, eight, ten points in a hurry, um, like we saw him do early in the third. So, uh, but for whatever reason, and you and I can talk about this now, mm-hmm. um, Mosley decides to stick with that lineup. And, you know, down the stretch, we saw this get as close as uh, a three-point game with 10.4 seconds left. And then the Magic just play, uh, you know, the free throw uh, game uh, the rest of the way and are able to pull out the six-point victory over the Pelicans. But some people call it tanking. Some people call it rolling with the hot hand. It was a very interesting decision on Mosley's part. And uh, I don't think the game was ever in doubt, but it definitely – the heart started pumping a little bit in the last minute of this game, Luke. Yeah, I, I, looking at it in that that lineup, I can see both sides, right? I mean, and and yeah. that's 
that's something that that producer Kevin, he's not here, but I'm just gonna you know talk talk for him here on his behalf. He well, he's gonna love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He essentially didn't mind, right? This is how I'll I'll put it, and what he kind of did say um, is that he didn't mind that the that that was the closing group. But Jonathan, you had voiced the opposite, right? Like, but you felt like that was kind of playing with fire, just doing that down the stretch. And I I think that. I would tend to agree. There was people that were saying it's probably just because they're coming off a of back-to-back, um, yada yada against the Suns, close game. But even in that, I mean, it's I didn't think that it would have been too crazy for those guys to finish the game. Um, you know, you you have Franz who tonight played twenty-two million to twenty-two minutes. Dell plays twenty-nine. Bamba plays twenty. Cole plays twenty-five. Suggs plays twenty. Now, granted. Suggs wasn't awesome by any means tonight. Has I, I think he had like uh, five turnovers and two assists and two points along with it and only shot the ball three times. So there was cases to be made for maybe Suggs to not be in the game. But defensively, I don't see why you wouldn't put him in the game. Just put everybody back into there. I don't really care to watch RJ Hampton close the basketball game. Um, and I, I just think that this is just two one of those things. in 28 minutes tonight. For RJ, yeah, yeah RJ, that's rough. Um, RJ was was bad, um, but <sighs> kind of getting good used defensively, to it. yeah, but offensively, sure. really bad, yeah. Um, but regardless, would still rather you know to see the the closers like you said in that game. But I I do think it has a whole lot to do with the fact that you know Mosley kind of put a a statement out like a blanket statement out there to be basically like. For us to forgive him for the rest of the season is what it felt like. Like, uh, I'm gonna do this, and you guys are just gonna have to forgive me for it. Uh, we, you know, we'll be kind of throwing some stuff out there in the fourth quarter, and just seeing what we got. It's like, man, we're 67 games into the season. You know what you got. You know which guys stink. <laughs> you know what 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 lineups work well together. You've been doing it all season. It's not like anybody knew. Like nobody said we're playing for a playoff spot. It just kind of gives him full permission to to throw some ridiculous lineups out there to close the games, and tonight he had some reason for it. Like if he could back it up in post game, right? Like, hey, these guys got the lead to fourteen, like five six minutes left in the game. Thought I trusted them to to do it. Now I don't know if anybody asked him about that lineup to close the game. I don't know what his response was, but if he if that question was asked, I'm guessing that the answer was somewhere along those lines. I trusted these guys to get it done. They played well in the fourth, got us to that point, whatever. Um. I would say that's still in, you know, kind of ridiculous considering the starters played just as well. Um, in this game, the Magic, you know, seemingly controlled most of the game. Um, so, yeah, I, it is what it is. Magic got the win, but it was it was ugly. And um, they were just able to shoot the three ball tonight, shooting 38% from three while the Pelicans shot 22. And there are only 38 points in the paint from the Magic tonight. And I know we've kind of been tracking like the Magic's points in the paint re- recently. Um, so kind of crazy to see them only have 38 points in the paint. It felt like they could get to the basket whenever they wanted, um, especially there in that first half. Yeah. Um, I'll go back to your point, you know, where you mentioned that, you know, it, it kind of felt like we were, you know, playing with fire and some people didn't really mind, you know, the lineup. And this is what I'll say in kind of playing devil's advocate is we asked Steve Clifford for three years to, Mm -hmm. you know, ride the hot hand at times when a lineup is working, you know, stick with that lineup. 
So I, I appreciate that Mosley is willing to do that. But yeah, to me, it felt like, okay, like a lineup works until guys get gassed, mm-hmm. right? And playing the entire fourth quarter, you know, you know, six, seven minutes straight, you know, that you usually see out of guys, a lot of times like guys are ready to come out for a breather at that point. And Terrence even mentioned it after the game, like being out there the entire quarter, you know, you get a little bit tired. And especially when you have, you know, guys like CJ McCollum and, you know, Devontae Graham, you know, Yales, uh, Jonas Valanciunas, excuse me, on the other end of the floor, you know, Jonas has 16 points in the fourth quarter for the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. So these are guys that can easily get it rolling, especially when they're at an advantage with the other team being gassed. So for well, those and, reasons, and that, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say that, like, down the stretch of that game, man, you start to see not only like the more minutes you play, does your body, you know, start to get slower and and more lethargic just by you know fatigue, but your brain does too. And like down the stretch, like you, you mean you're you're in a full sweat. You've been playing almost basically like the whole quarter. You're going to make stupid decisions, and we saw that out of the Magic in that in the final stretch. The Magic, I believe, the last time that they uh, had a field goal was. Five minutes, eight seconds left in the game. T. Ross had a dunk off of Mo Wagner assist. Then from there on out, it was like turnover after turnover, it seemed like, whether it was, you know, uh, a bad pass out of bounds, whatever it was. And you were either missing or turning the ball over. And then you, thankfully, the Pelicans go into having to foul you. Otherwise, I don't know how that game turns out. You're up, you know, and Pelicans are just resorting to the foul game the last minute. And I think the Magic are very fortunate that that it came down to that the pelicans just like the magic last night or against the suns ran out of time it felt like the pelicans just ran out of time just to give you some more context okay yeah. gary harris and chuma okiki subbed into this game with four minutes 22 seconds left in the third quarter did not check out the rest of the game <laughs> played the last 16 minutes 22 it's- seconds of this game is this why Gary Harris received a DMP the other night? Because Mosley was like, hey, one of these games down the line, I'm just going to kill you. I'm just going to throw you yeah. out there and see, see if you're Hampton still hitting. played the last 18 minutes, 50 seconds of this game. That just, I'm sorry, man. Like that, That's not good. That's like, not to good. me, that's not riding the hot hand. To me, that is, you're blatantly trying to lose the game. Yeah. 18 minutes, 50 it's seconds, that, that is egregious. For RJ Hampton to play that many consecutive minutes with the performance he had tonight, listen, his defense was good. It wasn't that good. Like you don't need to play this man for 18 straight. And uh, that that stretch uh, where CJ McCollum was was getting going, a lot of that was on RJ Hampton. Mm-hmm. And, and so. you know what? RJ probably looked over to the bench at one point. You know, probably like flashed the jersey, like "Hey, coach." And Mosley, you know, he told him putting his hand up, and Mosley's like just Mosley, turned his head. Mosley, like, nope. Mosley, Mosley looks at him dead in the eye and says, "You're young." You're, you're young. young. You're fine. Yeah. You're Which fine. that's my reasoning of why, you know, some of these other guys could have played some more minutes tonight. Mm. You're young. You're young. Yeah, yeah, you played you played last night. You played, you know, mm-hmm. 26 minutes last night. You're fine to play 26 minutes tonight. Like get back out there. What a weird game, dude. Like Very just weird. before the obviously like the the thing after, you know, recording after games for Jonathan and I is very much a like raw reaction. It's not like we've had time to really think about it, right? Like we're trying to watch the game and also prepare for the podcast at the same time while watching it and note things mentally. But it's like, there's so much stuff happening. 
RJ Hampton playing the last 18 minutes of the game, not something I foresaw happening. It's almost 19. It's 18 minutes, 50 seconds. And then you said also Truma and Gary played an extensive amount of time. Played the last 16 minutes, 22 seconds. It's just one of those things where, like, Jonathan and I step back and look at it, and we're like, this this game's weirder than we thought. Yeah. (laughs) The fact that the Magic won the game without doing that shows how much the Pelicans missed, like, Brandon Ingram. Um, obviously Zion, but like, obviously, like you said, we're reacting to this in real time. What I would like, uh, you know, compare this to is like you and I show up to like a, you know, accidental, you know, death and we're like, Oh yeah, this was definitely an accident. Then all of a sudden we find like a bloody (laughs) knife and like on the wall, I did this on purpose. Yeah, exactly. Like we found the murder weapon just now. We did it. We, we worked, uh, the past, like whatever, 30 minutes, 20 some minutes that you guys have been listening to this. It's just been we've been working our way through it, and uh, it all makes sense now. It was a tank job, guys. I I'm not. There's. I'm sorry. Oh man, wait I'm till Ke- Kevin is not going to be happy listening to this. No, but hopefully we help Kevin learn as much as our listeners. You know that that that, that how many consecutive minutes? Because that blows my mind. I obviously That's, knew that. I like, don't know that I've ever heard of that before in my life. Unless like you Twitter. know it's a do or die you know playoff game and you know a guy's gonna play for all 48 yeah. minutes yeah let me Which, yeah like, and let me tell you i'm playing rj hampton 18 consecutive minutes in a do or die situation by oh, the way let's just call it 19 okay yeah, it was 19, 19 minutes you're right you're so, right all right that's that's enough uh that's enough about the the two games from this week so far luke there is a, a player who um admittedly i was i was not as high on um Maybe maybe that's not the the correct description. I, I I wasn't quite sure if what we were seeing at the beginning of the season with mm-hmm. with this player in particular was legitimate. And I think there is something to that, and we'll talk more about that in a second. But a guy that you have been high mm-hmm. on all year long, yeah. um, really even before the season started, you've been mm-hmm. really high on this guy. And he, over the last couple of months, he is just blossoming into an absolute stud. And that is Wendell Carter Jr., or as you like to affectionately refer mm-hmm. to him as, Wendaddy Carter oh. Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he has been incredible, Luke. Uh, since the turn of the calendar year, let me go ahead um, and pull this up. So going into um, to tonight's game, so this is before uh, tonight's game. Jake Chapman uh, tweeted out in 2022, players averaging 17 points per game, 11 rebounds and shooting 55% from the floor or better, the list is Giannis, Jokic, Sabonis, Wendell Carter Jr., and that is where the list ends. It's not hyperbole to say that is elite company, Luke. Yeah. I mean, that's... The floor is yours. Okay, so that's absolutely stud. Like, that's stud category that that Dell finds himself in, man, and has 100% earned that. I mean, he is... Just I, I don't know what it is, man. I love this kid. Like he the past ten games, um, eighteen points, eleven point two rebounds, three point two assists. That's his last ten games. Um and and not against like slouches either. I mean, you you're you're playing against Phoenix, Denver, um, you know, Phoenix twice. And and the Pelicans aren't bad, man. You saw you saw uh, Valanciunas just absolutely go bonkers tonight so uh these this isn't bad competition that he's doing it against the magic are three and three in their last six games i think was the was what i saw um and and dell is a lot to credit for that man he's he has been just and just truly great um 20 and 12 against phoenix 
uh, was able to help keep the magic in that game. 13 and 18 against the Pacers, 21 and 12 the night before. Houston, 24 and 12, 25 and 12 against Denver, um, 14 and 11 against the Suns, 22 and 9 uh, against Utah, 18 and 8. I mean, this, the, I, it's insane kind of the consistent guy that he is, but he's not just consistent. Like, he has games where he's going to post, you know, 12 plus rebounds um, and, and 15 plus points. And this is becoming a, a nightly occurrence. I mean, and like I said, his last ten games, averaging eighteen on eleven, and three assists. I mean, he's 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 facilitating as well. He's able. He's getting better with his court vision in terms of when he gets the ball and where he gets it, and at his spot and knowing where to go with it. Uh, the offense has been better, and I think that a lot of it also has to do with Dell, and just kind of getting a better feel for her, for his game. I mean, three assists is is truly um really great for for a guy of his size and just with a team this young i mean he's he's adapting to the team he's just been incredible i mean he his field goal percentages have been awesome in the last 10 games jonathan has not had a game besides one uh in the loss against indiana where he has shot under 50 percent some of these other games he's shooting 70 percent 81 percent 80 percent 57 percent 54 percent he is becoming one of my favorite players. Um, I, I I definitely think he's up there. Probably got to be top two favorite Magic players right now. And very easily could be one. So, Luke, the last 15 games, just to add a little bit even more context here. Last 15 games, Franz is leading the team in points, in rebounds, and in field goal percentage. 17.3 points per game. 11.4 rebounds, 2.9 assists, almost a block a game, shooting 58% from the floor. Obviously, the only person that really coming close to that, um, you've got Mo at 47.5%. Uh, um, you've got, uh, you know, Franz is close. Uh, I guess uh, Mo Wagner is also pretty close. But Wendell, um, you know, the beginning of the year, the, the three-point shooting was the big story with Wendell. Like nothing really seemed that improved with Wendell, um, other than the three point percentage. And there was a, a you know big stretch at the beginning of the season. I want to say like the first ten or fifteen games where he was shooting over forty percent from the floor, and we're like, if this guy is going to do this, like it, he's you know Vucevic, you know two point plus, you know maybe maybe could even be better than Vuce. And since then, you know since the shooting has come back down to earth, I want to say like you know maybe. November and December, he kind of came back down to earth a little bit and didn't always seem like super aggressive and consistent. Like some nights he would give you, you know, 18 points and, you know, 11 rebounds. And then some other nights would give you like, you know, nine points and, and 10 rebounds. And the, the consistency wasn't there. And just the overall, like, you know, confidence and aggression wasn't there. But really the last, you know, two plus months now, since the turn of the calendar year as you know the, the team really you know feels like it's taken a, a step forward we're not seeing as many blowouts you know we're seeing a lot more close games from the magic and you know Wendell and I've I've mentioned this a few times this year that to me it just felt like Wendell had another level to get to and mm -hmm. I, I think I talked to you and Kevin about that even you know as, as recently as about a week ago and, and it feels like he's gotten to that level like the last 15 games again 17 points 11 and a half rebounds almost 
58% from the floor. Um, just been a beast really on both ends. He's dunking on guys. He's snarling. You know, mm-hmm. he's getting everybody, you know, up and excited and hyped up. Like Wendell, if he continues to play at this level for this team, especially next to a guy like Markel, those the the chemistry between those two is just so incredibly obvious. You know, they've only played, you know, four games together so far, but they look great together on the floor. Um, we know that, you know, Franz and, and Wendell also have great great chemistry on the floor. So this is the level that I, I thought that Wendell could get at. Now, is he going to sustain this? I don't know yet. I think that's the only question that I still have. But I think this is who Wendell could be every single night. 17 points, you know, 11 or 12 rebounds, you know, shooting in the high 50% from the floor. And the crazy thing is it's not all layups and dunks. Like he had a he had a turnaround tonight um, over Jackson Hayes, and it's just like there's nothing that this guy can't do from the center position right now. And he's 22, by the way. And, like and he's he, 22 years old, yeah. It's crazy. And and you look at kind of like I'm I'm not I I really don't want to start already like trying to compare him to Nikola Vucevic by any means. But it's hard not They're different to different players. They are different, but like he, in he's terms not of, the he's not the passer. He, I don't think he's the playmaker that that Vuce is, but I mean uh, he he's having I mean three assists a game right now. Like he's he's been yeah, pretty but, great. But do you ever feel like Wendell is going to be the kind of guy that you can just throw the ball into the post and run the offense around him the way that you could with Vooch? No, and, I don't, and not necessarily. I don't necessarily see that. But in terms of like like the the fact of of you know just like straight comparison, right? If you're looking at at a, a world where where Dell is just your center, right? At that if we're talking point. production, then I could I could get on board, but I think they're two pretty different players. Right, and I wanted to like just touch on like Vooch in his in his alone all in his you know in his lone not lone in his All Star season uh, his first one with the Magic right averages twenty one and twelve a game. Um, you look at that he had his usage like you said. Can you just let Dell you know just chew up the usage and run the offense? The answer to that right now is no. Um, Vooch had a twenty eight usage percentage in that All Star season. Right now Dell has a uh, twenty usage percentage this season obviously right now like on a you you pull back thirty thousand feet view you look in dell's average and you know 14.4 and and 10.4 rebounds these last 10 games he has been incredible and i think you know we could see him maybe sneak in if he can continue this production that he's had in the last 10 games you could see dell maybe sneak into the you know almost 16 points a game uh right now he's at 14.5 um, and get into that 11 rebounds a game territory as well with only a 20 usage. I mean, uh, to, to have that usage rating um, where like Vooch was just at an all-star level producing such a high level at a 28 usage, a guy like Dell, man, I think that if you continue to to see what he can do, I'd love to see him get to that point. I hope he does. I hope that this continues. Um, I'm still somewhat skeptical, but but I think that kind of what he's shown us over the last 10, 15 games, man, uh, in this calendar year, I mean, he's he's a stud. And, and let me be a little bit more fair to to Wendell. I mean, Vooch did that in his age 28 season. Right, that's and, why I and said like you, you know, you pointed out the fact that Wendell's 22. Could Wendell, um, you know, evolve into that type of player? I mean, maybe. I don't want to, like, completely rule it out. But I also think... Uh, Vooch always had that to him, and it took Clifford to kind of unlock that. Um, I, I just don't know that Wendell is, is going to be the same. 
not and, saying and love- that Wendell can't play maker that he can't pass, but um, you know, Vooch I think is I mean, there's there's Jokic and then there's everybody else, and I think Vooch is definitely towards the top of that kind of everyone else in terms of you know playmaking bigs. And 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 I think this also goes into philosophy. I don't think that this team will ever be great if you are running your offense through a big. Um, you're gonna be kind of like what we saw with Vooch, right? You're gonna be in that probably six to eight range in the playoffs, and if you're fine with that, that's fine. And you're a good team, but you're not a great team. So I think if Dell can just continue to find kind of his role in this and on this team and in this offense, um, it's only going to grow with time, man. And I, I think that the there Dell could do some really special things. And he doesn't have to be do anything crazy, man. He just has to be consistent, and that is all that he has done this season is be consistent. And can we also take a moment uh, just to talk about how ridiculous this contract is at this point? Crazy, like <laughs> he's he's. Making he's gonna be making fourteen million dollars next year, thirteen the year after, twelve the year after, and then basically eleven the year after that when he's twenty six years old. He's gonna be making eleven million dollars. Dell is going to be irritated in two seasons when he's sitting there and he's like, I'm only making what this year? And yeah. I'm doing what? Like twenty like we're talking two more full seasons of development, hopefully healthy, um, and, and he's going to only be making that much money. At that point, he's probably just salivating, thinking about what his next contract's going to be. And I really hope the Magic are, are saving their pennies for that time to come because it's. I think if he continues this trajectory, uh, he, he can be very special and get a lot of money in his next contract. Last question that I want to ask you, and then we'll get into some voicemails here. Um, you know, looking back at Vooch, and obviously, you know, all-time, you know, great Magic player. I'm not here to debate that, but... Do you think there's any, you know, weight to the argument that on a, a truly great team, you know, although Vooch is a very capable player, he's not going to reach like that all-star level? Like we've seen him in Chicago, you know, take a, a backseat to DeMar and, and to Zach Levine. And we've, we've said for years on a truly great team, Vooch is like your third option, right? Yes. So in comparison to Wendell, although I do think Wendell, if he was like your guy, on the team you ran everything through him could he put up the type of production to potentially be an all-star someday yes but i think this magic team is going to be too good to rely yeah. on wendell that much so i, yeah. I don't think you know he turns into like an all-star type of player mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean he's not capable of being an all-star right. kind of player and and it's just a, a fact of not not a knock on Dell, but a, a maybe a more of a knock to the center position and the power like power forward center type role right now. It's just not a bigs league unless you're Embiid or Jokic or Cat. Like those are the truly elite like bigs of this uh, of the NBA. And don't get me wrong, Vooch is still averaging right now like 18 points a game and 11 or 12 boards or something. Vooch is a great player but he is like you said like he's it's just not gonna work with him being the number one option you're not gonna be it's not an elite team by any means um and i think that goes to say like with with dell i I said this to you recently um you know not while we weren't recording but if you a couple seasons from now told me that like dell is the best player on the team he has the highest usage he's producing the most i'd say Oh, so we're not like elite. So we suck. Yeah, we're, we're and suck might be harsh, but like that's like for the sake of getting the point across. Sure, that's what we could say. 
but I think at that point, like, it would be like the, this team is just like good. They're not like we're the 2018 2019 Magic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you're looking at an eternal seven or eight seed the rest of of the time. Of and I can tell there. you, overwhelmingly, the fan base is is not willing to settle for that. No. So, no, we've you know, been for all there. In, intents and purposes, the Magic suck because you know right. th- this fan base at least, and you know to a, a, a degree, I understand it. If you're not a, a contender, you suck. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, that's just kind of the the culture that we live in. Um, you know, right now, if you're if you're not a contender, it's like, what's the point in being decent? Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think we're we're kind of on the same page there. All right, Luke, uh, before we go ahead and close out the show, we've got a couple of of voicemails. If you guys want to be featured on the show, if you guys want to call and ask us a question or leave your hot take or just tell us how great we are, uh, you can call Mm 407-603-1189. Again, 407-603-1189. We've got a couple of uh, questions tonight. First up, Fernando. What's up, guys? My name is Fernando. I'm from Orlando, man. And I just want to come in and just... Listen, man, the tank is on. You have to tank. Basketball isn't about winning games. It's about winning championships. And if you allow your fans to be in this mindset where it's okay to try to win, even though when you know you're not good enough to win a championship, that's preposterous. You know what I mean? So I feel like putting out this whole theory that, oh, we need to try to learn how to win. No, we need better players. Everybody who wins championships has superstars. We don't have not one superstar. We don't even have an all-star. So just having super, just having regular players and thinking that, oh, we need to try to win games, that doesn't work. We need guys who are superstars. So, therefore, if tanking and losing gets you closer to getting a superstar, then you do that because we don't have anybody on the roster right now that can do that. We're not going to get any free agents. Everybody in the NBA knows we have bad management. Our management is horrible. We we got rid of rid of every single great player we've had. So we need to really focus on trying to get Jabari Smith. If we don't get Jabari Smith, then I say we trade that pick for a starting guard or, or we make moves that way. But as far as just trying to win games, why are y'all getting upset if we're losing games? We knew we were going to lose games this year. All right, I'm I'm going to start here. First of all, Fernando, I love your passion, and thank you for calling into the show. First of all, you said a lot there. So I'm, I'm going to try to, you know, take bites, you know, through, through this, uh, this, this steak here. That was, uh, your, your call, which we really, really appreciate. First of all, we were literally just talking about this two <laughs> seconds ago about, you know, people that just will not accept mediocrity. And I, I get that. I understand that. Second of all, you're, you're being disrespectful to Franz Wagner right now. <laughs> Franz Wagner will be an all-star eventually. I, I do feel like we've got a guy. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, that star potential in Franz Wagner. Obviously, we just talked about, you know, Wendell at length here. Um, the reason that I am not for the tank is because the reason, uh, you know, that you draft guys and the whole point behind basketball, yes, it is to win a championship, but what good is tanking over and over and over and over again if you're not getting good players and you're not winning games? Now we've traded for Wendell Carter Jr. We've We've drafted Franz Wagner. We've drafted Chuma Okiki. We traded for RJ Hampton. We drafted Cole Anthony. We drafted Jalen Suggs. Okay. At this point, if none of those guys are good and you just lose every single game, uh, then one guy is not going to fix your franchise. There is not a LeBron James or a Kevin Durant in this draft. Is Jabari Smith Jr. very good? 
Absolutely, I would take him on this team in a heartbeat, but I don't think he is this franchise savior that uh, you might think that he is. So I get upset. Um, it is very hard to watch your team lose 50, 60-plus games a year, especially when you're not being competitive. Now, a loss the other night, like against the Phoenix Suns, was I upset? Yeah, because the Magic played really well in that game, had a chance to win that game, and, and they lost. And I'm sorry, but I like to see my team win, occasionally at least. I do understand you know, your, your sentiment that the Magic need better players, because we do, and anyone telling themselves that that's not the case is kind of kidding themselves. But um, luckily, Fernando, I think this team ends up with a high pick this season, no matter what, uh, or at least high odds. We've seen this team get screwed by the lottery before. We saw it as, as recently as last June. So a lot of us are like, eh, are we really ready to put our faith totally into the lottery again? And for a lot of us, the answer is no, because you just never know what's going to happen. You might as well just let things play out the way they're going to play out and see how you do in the lottery. Yeah. Um, I mean, not not much to add there. Obviously, I feel pretty much the same way. I think that, you know, I, I get it as far as that goes. Like, you, we're not going to get any free agents here until a culture is built where you're, you know, winning games um, as well as have some attractive talent for the, you know, to give a reason for someone to come to Orlando by their own will. Um, unfortunately, right now, we have to just draft guys who it's, probably maybe against their will to, to come to Orlando. Uh, but it is what it is, man. And, and right now that's how you've got to build it is through the draft. I get it. Like from like, if you take emotions purely out of it, you know, sure. You, you can try to just tank and get the, the best odds possible to get that number one pick. But like Jonathan said, and like we all know, that's not always the case. Like it, the, the worst team doesn't always get the top pick or the worst teams don't always get the top pick. We usually like, don't get the top pick. Right. I mean, you, you, when you get down to those odds and you're like, I, I, we have a, a 49% chance to be, you know, not in the top three or whatever that ridiculous those odds are right now. Um, I had that realization last year when we secured the, the, the best odds, like tied for the top three, you know, best odds. And then we were kind of breaking down what that meant and what it meant for the magic, like potentially not getting a top three pick. And I was like, those are pretty heavy odds for us not to get it too. It's like a coin flip, I think, at that point. So, um, yeah, man, it, it's a it's a tricky thing. You do there is luck involved. There's there's a lot of luck involved in, in terms of building a successful franchise. Um, but I, uh, I I don't know, man. It's it is what it is. But yeah, I appreciate that voicemail. Before we get into our last question, our our last voicemail here, Luke, we haven't run the tankathon. Uh, tonight and we're going to mm -hmm. do that right now uh the magic you know sitting at a record of 17 wins 50 losses um they currently are the number one team uh you know they have 52 percent chance of securing a top four pick 14 percent chance of you know getting the number one pick same as houston uh, and detroit we're going to go ahead and run this once uh you run it once and you share your results let's sim the lottery and the magic ended up with the fifth pick so Fernando, that just proves our point right there. This is the second week in a row that we've run this, and I think both times, Luke, we've ended up with the fifth pick. Yeah. So the chances, you know, honestly are are pretty good that you're going to end up with the worst record in the league. We just, look, San Antonio ends up number one. 
They jump up six spots. Atlanta ends up number two. They jump 11 spots. They had a 4.8% chance of jumping into the top four, and they did. And I, so, I know people people who might hear that, Jonathan, and be like, ain't no way that's happening on draft night. These are the same odds and the same, same type odds. of thing that they'll do to determine the draft. Like They're just essentially rolling the dice here. Whatever happens, happens. They run it one time. They do it one time with whatever method they use. I'm sure it's some type of computer, you know, ran thing just like this with a formula, whatever, with everybody's odds and whatever. And they just do it. They just spin the wheel. And this is how it could shake out. I mean, this is what you're looking at with the with the lottery. It's not all butterflies and rainbows. Luke, I think that is going to do it for us this week. Um, yeah, do we, uh, let's see, do we do the week ahead? Um, uh, yeah, so we've up, uh, coming up this weekend, I know we have the Minnesota Timberwolves on Friday and the Magic play again uh, on Sunday, 6 o'clock, they'll take on the 76ers at home. So Friday, the Timberwolves, Sunday, the 76ers. That's a, that's a, that's a fat 0-2 for me. I, I'm, I'm right there with you, 0-2. Luke, that is going to do it for us this week. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.